Welcome everyone to episode three of Dural Anglican Online. My name's Dougal, Senior Minister here, and uh, a very special welcome to you, and a special welcome too to Roger Hoken. It's great to be here. Uh, now, Roger, you're on staff here at Dural Anglican. Can you tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, so I'm the Youth and Young Adults Minister here at St Jude's, so coordinating youth group on Friday nights, Bible studies during the week, and Sunday night church when it's on. Terrific. Now, Roger, we've been uh, locked down. Can you tell us what's the best thing about being locked down? I think the best thing about being locked down is doing Colin Buchanan dances with the kids. Uh, okay, we look forward to some of the vision of that a little later on. <laughs> Roger's going to be speaking to us today, being Palm Sunday from Mark chapter 11, uh, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on his way to the cross. But before we get to any of that, I'm going to pray. So would you join me? I'm going to use some words from Psalm 103. Let's pray together. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger, abounding in love. He'll not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And so, Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks for bringing us safely to this new day. And we thank you that you're our loving Heavenly Father who listens to our prayers and who is concerned for his people. And so, Father, we pray now as your word is read and taught, would you shape us to be more like Jesus, we pray, through his name. Amen. Amen. Simon Hood is the Managing Director of Logos Door, uh, one of our mission partners here at Dural Anglican, and I caught up with Si a little earlier this afternoon. Well, Si, it's terrific to have you with us. It's great to be here. Excellent. I'm glad you're, you're back safely from overseas. You're just um, out of quarantine, actually, <laughs> which is great. Um, and, and do notice the uh, appropriate social distancing too uh, for those watching on at home. Now, Sai, Managing Director of Logos Door, can you tell the people at home a little bit about what is Logos Door and what does it do? Yeah, Logos Door is a children's ministry organisation. Uh, we've been going 25 years this year, actually. And uh, our focus is, well, we, we love Jesus, we love children, and our flavour is we love creativity. So we try and all sorts of methods to get the gospel to children all across the world. Mm. And uh, the, the work involves probably two main sides. One is our creative production. We do a lot of Bible animation. Uh, we do a lot of website and that sort of thing. The other side is we serve local leaders through training, providing resources to churches and leaders right across the world. Mm. They're the sort of the main areas of our work. Okay. Um, now, if you've been watching previous episodes, you will have seen last week and again this week that Sai has been creating uh, our videos for our kids. So, Sai, we want to thank you for that. Uh, it's, uh, thank you. <laughs> we, we really appreciate that. Now, Sai, you've recently come back from South Africa. You've just had two weeks in, in quarantine. Can you tell us, what were you doing in South Africa? Well, it's a funny story, actually, because we... We, we, were, we run a, a movement called the Global Children's Forum, which is a, uh, it, it's a hub of leaders and organisations from around the world that work together. And we try and find new ways of being able to help get the gospel into places where it's difficult and help multiply things. And we, I actually had the leadership team come out here to Dural in October last year. So we were planning this gathering in South Africa and the theme that we chose last October was called Incubating Infectious Ideas. <laughs> uh, and so God had a sense of humour in that because then we ended up in South Africa, all amongst 
the, uh, the virus situation right. and it was a bit touch and go whether we go, whether we don't go. And out of the 26 leaders that were, there, that were supposed to be there, we lost six right. who couldn't come because borders had shut. But right. I managed to get there uh, and it was, it was an amazing time because we, we had leaders from across the world re- uh, trying to think through ways of new ways, particularly how to reach families. Mm. Um, it's, it's one of those areas that we've been quite challenged in children's right. ministry, that let, let's not separate children and adults. What, what are ways to help families disciple children in mm. better and at home? Mm. And uh, what was interesting was that we were there thinking about this very thing, all with the situation happening, unfolding across the world day by yeah. day, yeah. wondering whether we'd get home. Yeah. Um, and an idea called Family Fit. In fact, we didn't have the name at that stage, but it was the idea of saying, what does it mean to take some of the things we've learned about sport uh, and fitness and bring that into the home and then bring a Bible meditation, Bible devotion alongside? And, right. uh, and this all came together and it's, it's called family.fit. So you can look at the website, www.family.fit. Um, everything has happened in the last two weeks and we've had riders riding right across the world. We've had people videoing right across the world. And you'll see a clip actually come up on the screen now of just some of the footage that's gone out. And that just got launched a couple of days ago and already there are 90 countries that have downloaded it in a matter of about 48 hours and starting to spread far and wide. And the beautiful thing about it is we want to help Christian families for sure. And and there are families in lockdown and and we're inside and we're trying to work out like I am, trying to keep the boys active and pen. but Family Fit is also designed so that families that are on the edges of churches or that, that don't read the Bible can engage with the Bible mm. all while uh, getting fit and doing fun things together. Mm. So, but what's most miraculous about this? Because we've been doing a lot of these things in Logistor and through the movements that we serve in sports and in children. This one is being done across six major global movements that have never worked together before. Right. Ones that focus on youth, yeah. ones that focus on children, ones that focus on family, sure. and ones that focus on sport, okay. all working together collaboratively. Right. And really, the virus made that happen. So it's, it's like God has opened this incredible door into the yeah. homes yeah. Uh, of many, many, many families. Yeah. And it's just great to see the kingdom working together okay. literally across the planet. Yeah, right. So we've got some vision of that, do we, Si? I think they've just well, seen it. <laughs> just seen it. Well, there you go. Through the you power of television, gone. you may have just seen that. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for being thank with you. us, Si. It's been, it's been excellent to have you on the channel. That's great. Look thank forward you. to having you back soon. It'd be great. Uh, Riley Hart has kindly joined us this week. Thanks for coming in, Riley. That's all right. Uh, Riley is one of our senior high kids here at St Jude's. Uh, Brother, it's great to have you here. Uh, Just to start with, I'd like to ask you, there are a number of people who will know who you are. You uh, serve at 6pm and also in the morning uh, on the band sometimes. Can you tell us, you play a bit of guitar there, is that something that's a bit of a side hobby or something a bit more? Yeah, so uh, when I was five I got my first electric guitar for Christmas um, and a family friend from our church started teaching me and uh, it's almost been 13 years now of me playing and I've got got seven guitars at the moment, but uh, nice. yeah, all of which I use to serve God different ways. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a large part of my life. Now, Riley, do you have a favourite guitar and, and why? Yeah, that would be my PRS. It's, um, yeah, it's just the best craft and it sounds, sounds amazing. Yeah, nice. Now, Riley, you're in year 12 this year. You're doing the HSC. It's obviously been a bit of a rough start. Can you tell us how you're going, what's been happening uh, this year? Yeah, right. So, um, 
uh, when we had those bad storms about a month ago, uh, we had a bunch of storm damage to my room, the office, and our spare room, and so they were flooded. And so I've been living and doing Year 12 in our lounge room, which hasn't been, hasn't been like ideal, no. but um, you know, it could be worse. Um, yeah, and then the coronavirus has uh, hit, and doing school from home now as well is very different. Uh, it can be challenging, um, especially when it comes to keeping up with friends, and especially in subjects like maths, where it requires a lot of um, explanation of how the different topics are working. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Now, Riley, you're, uh, you're someone who is, uh, I guess I would regard as a very cool customer. Uh, how is it that you stay cool in amongst all this that's going on at the moment? Um, yeah, it's pretty hard to stress me out. It's just I've realised that, especially when it comes to big things like corona, um, and my school being shut, it's, there's nothing I can do. There's no amount of worrying or um, fretting that'll help anyone or help myself. Mm. And so I, I've got to just put my trust in God because there's really no other option. Yeah. Um, and he's always my first option. But yeah, I've just learned over the years through different trials that mm. uh, trying to do things my way is not ever going to be the best way. Yeah, yeah awesome. Riley, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I'm going to pray for Riley. Uh, thank God for his Christian life and walk and particularly pray for him as he does his HSC this year. So please join me as I pray for Riley. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we want to thank you for the faith that Riley has in you, for the love that he has for all the saints. Father, we pray that you might keep him growing in his knowledge and love of the Lord Jesus so that he might know how to serve you best. Father, we thank you for his love for music, in particular his love for guitar, and we thank you for how he's able to use that to serve you and your kingdom purposes. Father, we want to pray for him now as well as he does his HSC and amongst a number of others here amongst St. Jude's who are also doing the HSC Father, we pray that you might keep him calm, help him to trust in your good and sovereign purposes. We pray that he would not grow anxious, and if he does, that he might cast those anxieties upon you, knowing that you care for him. And so we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have Dave Horn joining us. Dave is the former minister at Christchurch Church Kenthurst, married to the lovely Kate. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Roger. It's good to be here. Uh, Dave, I wanted to start off by asking you, what does the Horn household look like at the moment in amongst the lockdown that we're experiencing? Well, it looks uh, very different to what it normally does. Uh, in, in some ways, the lockdown hasn't been all that difficult for us. Uh, Kate's job was already uh, a mobile one. She was mm. working from home and... Uh, Working in IT as I do, mm. um, it hasn't been too hard for me to work from home as well. And my kids, well, they're grown up, so they look after themselves. That's good. Um, so in I'm that looking sense, forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, it it's, hasn't been too bad. Yep. But in other ways, it's been very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so both Kate and I live under the shadow of uh, redundancy. Yep. Um, and uh, not only that, but I look after my aunt. 
mm. my 90-year-old aunt, who's been in lockdown now for two weeks mm -hmm. in a nursing home. Mm. She has significant dementia yep. and uh, it makes it difficult for us not to be able to go and talk to her. So in, in that sense, it has uh, been quite difficult as mm. well. And Kate and I have had to learn to be kind to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is I'm hard, sure a it? number of uh, couples are. But it's the dogs. Yeah, right. Okay. It's the dogs that have been having the best part of the day. Okay. Oh, right. So they're right, normally right. outside most of the day, but right, now okay. they're inside and they can choose which couch or which bed they lie on. Um, Sounds they like they running the household. They get walks <laughs> twice a day. Um, yeah, so nice. it's been a change, but we're mm. getting used to it. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, Dave is now going to bring us our Bible readings for tonight. Uh, but before he does, I'm going to pray for us really briefly. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that we can listen to it heard, uh, read rather, and taught. And we pray, Father, that we might uh, hear your word tonight and it might change us and conform us all the more into the likeness of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. The first Bible reading today comes from uh, Psalm 118, starting at verse 5. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. The second reading comes from Mark's Gospel. Uh, starting uh, in chapter 11, uh, in verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. 
If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found the colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered, as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Thanks, Dave. So at this point, when we begin chapter 11 of Mark's Gospel, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem from Jericho. Uh, How do we know that? Well, if we look back to chapter 10, that's the story of Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. But Bartimaeus, even before he could physically see, he spiritually could see who Jesus was. He shouts out these words. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, we know the story Jesus does. But the title that's given to Jesus here gives us a hint of what's going to happen next in chapter 11. A side elevation view of Jericho and Jerusalem will come up on the screen now. Uh, If you have a look, it's a pretty steep climb. Uh, Jericho is the lowest city on earth. It's about 250 metres below sea level. Jerusalem, as you'll see, is about 775 metres above sea level. So that makes the 25-kilometre journey from Jericho to Jerusalem a climb of about one kilometre. Now, that might not sound like much, but in your 21st century context, if we have a think about that, that is like climbing the Blue Mountains from Glenbrook to Katoomba, uh, which is about 40-kilometre distance, and a climb of about 900 metres. So significantly more than that, the, ele- the, the climb up that hill. And we have to remember, we're not travelling in a car at 70 kilometres an hour. This would have been a journey made on foot in a dry and dusty climb without a tree in sight. But Jesus and all who travel with him to Jerusalem, uh, for them, every step is worth it. Uh, Why? Well, because it's Passover time in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem had a population at the time of about 100,000 people. And over the week of Passover, it would rise to around 1 million people. Passover was the time of celebration. It was like one big party. What were they celebrating? Well, of course, the Passover is about celebrating God's victory over Egypt uh, through the hand of Moses. It's one of the most significant events in the Jewish calendar. 
And Jesus chooses to, this, to do this symbolic and powerful act at this time intentionally to capture that buzz and excitement of the Passover celebration. So what does Jesus do? Well, he decides to ride into Jerusalem on a colt. Uh, it's never been ridden before, uh, and he hasn't ridden one all this time up to, Jer- up to Jerusalem, rather, from Jericho. And so what does he do? Well, he calls two of his disciples uh, to go to the local town and commandeer a donkey. Uh, what's he doing? What is Jesus doing? Well, Jesus is fulfilling a prophecy. Uh, you might remember the prophecy from Zechariah. He wrote of a king who would ride in on a donkey to rescue Israel. Zechariah 9 verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now we need to ask the question, what would the crowd be thinking at this point? Well, you can tell that by their actions, what do they do? They lay cloaks down on the ground. They take palm branches and other foliage and they lay it down around Jesus as he travels in on this donkey. This is an event that's actually happened before in the past. Uh, Judas Maccabeus, 200 years earlier, had defeated the Syrian king Antiochus Epiphanes. He entered Jerusalem and what did he do? He cleansed the temple, he had it rebuilt And the people waved palm branches and ivy branches and they sang hymns of praise. In their minds, in the crowd's mind, a king had come and they hail him as such. Have a look from verse 9. They shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Uh, Hosanna literally means save or save us. But this is likely here used as an expression of praise, similar to what you might say, hail to the king. Then comes an expression of praise again in verse 10. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. It's actually a quote from Psalm 118 verse 26. And in context, when you read it, it's, we heard it read before by David. It's about a great military deliverer who's delivering God's people from their pagan enemies. And at this time, who are the enemies of God's people? It is the empire of Rome. And so, after riding a colt into Jerusalem, Mark incorporates, at first glance, what seems to be a rather cursory inclusion. Have a look at verse 11. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now, you might be asking the question, and I think we ought to be, Why did Jesus go into the temple courts at this late hour? And what is it that he saw when he was there? Mark has included this for a reason. Why? Well, the reason actually remains unclear until we get to uh, the rest of chapter 11. Jesus, like Judas Maccabeus 200 years earlier, is coming to cleanse and rebuild the temple. But it's a different type of cleansing and a different type of rebuilding. 
Uh, Jesus wouldn't clear the temple uh, um, in a literal sense. He, he would do it metaphorically, clearing the way for God's people, Jew or Gentile, to make a way into God's presence and to find the forgiveness that is theirs. But the place of God's presence and forgiveness would not be found in a man-made structure, would not be found in the literal temple in Jerusalem. It would be found in the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's just a little bit of a take of Mark chapter 11, verse 1 to 11. Dave, uh, you're a bit of a gentleman and a scholar of sorts, I've heard. Uh, have you got any other insights into this passage that we're looking at today? Uh, some might argue uh, about that. Okay, sure. Roger. Um, sure. I find this passage fascinating for, um, on a number of fronts. Um, I think one of the things that I find really fascinating about it is that it's one of only a handful of passages uh, that all four gospel writers... Uh, record, mm, um, mm. apart from the crucifixion story itself. Sure, yeah. And, and so that means that for the gospel writers, and Mark in particular, mm. it's significant. Mm. And, mm. and so we need to actually ask ourselves, why is it significant? Mm, yeah. And I think you've touched on that uh, in particular. Mm. Um, because the other thing that jumps out at me in this passage is the fact that Mark spends an awful lot of time, and so does Matthew and Luke, Mm. Uh, explaining and setting the scene for us. Mm. Um, Jesus goes to extraordinary lengths mm. to get this donkey. Mm. Um, and so he's doing something um, uh, important, mm. uh, something symbolic. He's not tired, mm. um, even after that walk. <laughs> Would have been a long walk. It's a long walk. I've actually uh, driven up it. Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it really steep? Does it feel it steep? It is steep and it's very barren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very barren. Yeah. Um, you've already shown us out of Zechariah um, mm. the significance of the, uh, the, the prophecy of mm. the king coming into Jerusalem. But as I was looking at this during the week, I, I came across another passage, another incident that I thought actually sheds light on it as well. Yeah, okay. And it comes out of 1 Kings chapter 1. Mm -hmm. um, just a very quick context, um, King David is uh, dying, he's mm. old, mm. Uh, he has... Uh, already anointed Solomon to be mm. his uh, successor. Mm. But um, his son, and I've got to get his name right, Adonijah, is not going to have anything to do with it. Mm. And so Adonijah gets his mates together and, and, is, and is fomenting rebellion. Mm. So what King David does when he hears about it is that he gets the high priest and a mm. number of other uh, trusted allies mm. and he tells them to take Solomon on his donkey mm. uh, across the Kidron Valley mm. uh, to Sidon, uh, Sidar, uh, mm. and to have him anointed as king. Mm. And as he returns, they are to bring him back on the donkey through the streets of mm. Jerusalem and sit him on the, uh, mm. on the throne. Mm. And so there is a, uh, the crowds are crying out and mm. hailing him as king. Mm. And when uh, Adonijah hears that, his whole rebellion fizzles. Mm. And so we see the real king being announced in the face of those who would be kings. Mm. Sure. And so I think that, along with the, uh, the prophecy, shows us that what Jesus is doing here is something very deliberate. Mm. Mm. Um, he's yeah. actually coming in as, yeah. 
the king that God promised. Mm. That's a really interesting parallel, isn't it? It, um, it is. It, I, I found it really yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say that if the people had known um, who it was that was before them, yeah. they wouldn't have thrown just their clothes down. <laughs> that's true. They actually would have been like blind Bartimaeus. Mm. They mm. would have actually bowed before him, thrown yeah, themselves yeah. down before mm. him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's a really helpful insight, Dave. Um, one of the things that I imagine many people, the uh, question I guess many people would have as they read this passage, is how do the crowds go from this point in which they're praising Jesus, they're, they're laying down their coats, they're laying down palm branches. How do they go from that praising God to only one week later? shouting crucify? How, how does that happen? I think that's a really good question and it was uh, one of the questions that was asked when we looked at this in Bible study uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think on the surface you've got to say it's because of God's will. Mm. Um, it was God's will that Jesus would be abandoned, mm. um, abandoned by the crowds, mm. uh, abandoned by his disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, We see here, it's one of the themes that runs through Mark's gospel. We see here Jesus really at the peak of of his his fame. Mm. Here he is, the king, riding as Mm. a king Mm. uh, into his uh, his, uh, uh, capital Mm. with people proclaiming him as king. Mm. But the closer that we get to the crucifixion, we see him being abandoned. Mm. We see him being abandoned by... Uh, by uh, the, the leaders mm. who, who want to kill him. Mm. We see him abandoned by the crowds. Mm. We see him abandoned by his disciples. Mm. And finally, we see him abandoned by God mm. on the cross. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's actually a, a powerful theme like that. Mm. And, and it shows us what Jesus had to go through for mm. us on the cross. Mm. But there's another aspect to this. I hope I'm not going on too long. No, no, no. Um, that I think is actually important as well. And that Mm -hmm. is the nature of the crowd in Mark's gospel. Mm -hmm. So Mark um, tells us a story, tells us the story of Jesus. Mm. And he has a number of characters throughout the story that he tells Jesus' story about. Mm. And and the crowd forms one of those those characters that Mm. he tells the story against. Um, And... The crowds are a mixture of people. They're a mixture of Gentiles. They're a mixture of of Israelites. Um, And Jesus loves the crowds. Mm. Jesus shows compassion on the crowds. He feeds them. Mm. He heals them. He teaches them. Mm. He describes them as as people who are lost, sheep without a shepherd. Mm. And so he presents himself in that that sort of way. Mm. Um, And also they're seen as potential disciples. Mm. And so we're left with the question always in Mark's gospel, what are they going to do? Mm. And ultimately, what are we going mm. to do? Yeah, yeah. Will we be found with Jesus mm. or will we reject him? Mm. And I think that's the question mm. that uh, we're faced with here. And Dave, I wanted to ask, how, how do we do that? Because in one sense, we're probably 
we, we can accuse the crowds of, uh, you know, just uh, fickleness in terms of uh, just rejecting Jesus, but it's actually something that, that we do. Uh, we, we might be praising God one minute, and then in the way that we live and the way that we speak, we actually are rejecting him. Um, how, how do we um, work through that such that we don't reject Jesus, that we actually live for him, and that's a consistent thing? I think that's a great question. Um, uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. I, I sometimes find myself getting to the end of a day uh, and suddenly realising I haven't even thought about God today. Mm. How has that changed the way in which I've lived my life? Mm. So, so I think to me part of the key is starting each day with Jesus. Mm. Uh, it is for me, it is for Kate, we... Yeah. Uh, we seek every day to try and spend some time together with him, mm. uh, to read uh, the Bible and to pray yep. um, and to centre ourselves in a sense. Mm. Uh, we often talk about asking God to help us uh, raise our, our eyes above the parapet mm. yep. um, so that we uh, constantly keep our gaze on him. Mm. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, it's, it's something that we need to keep on mm. encouraging each other to do. Yeah. And, and I think the situation that we're in at the moment is actually a really good opportunity for us to start practising those, those things. Mm. Yep. For most of us, uh, uh, we've got time, mm. uh, we've got opportunity. Mm. Um, and I think it's a really good time for us to stop and try to form a habit, mm. try to form a schedule, mm. a process by mm. which we can either as individuals, but even better, mm. uh, as couples, as families, yep. um, spend time in God's word, spend time mm. uh, praying mm. and spend time talking to each other about how we're mm. walking with mm. God. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like maybe part of what God is doing uh, in amongst this coronavirus is our schedules are completely thrown out. And so maybe this is part of an opportunity for us to be able to recreate uh, a reset. schedule for a reset yeah. so that we can form those habits yeah. of spending time with God in his word and in prayer. I, I so, think that's right. I, yeah. We get too caught up in the day-to-day -day life too quickly. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what happens. Now, Dave, uh, it's Palm Sunday. Uh, next week, of course, is Easter. Um, Easter is often a great time to invite non-Christian friends and family to church. Obviously, this year's context looks a lot different. How can we be making most of the opportunity uh, this Easter to be able to reach our friends and family with the message of Easter? Well, I, I think you're right. I, I think uh, as, as bad and as hard and as difficult as this situation is that we find ourselves in, it's also a, a situation, a, an opportunity for us. Mm. Um, people are scared. As you said, mm. people's schedules, people's lives have been thrown out. Mm. Uh, the, the, the things that they've held on to, mm. um, the things that have given them certainty of mm. being shaken. Mm. And I think it gives us a great opportunity to work out how can we reach out to people? Mm. How can we uh, speak of the hope and the power that we mm. have in Jesus mm. Christ? So we need to pray about that. Mm. I think we need to pray and we need to be practical and we need to think and dream dreams and try mm. things. Mm. 
and, and, and I hope as a church and as individuals we mm. can do that. Um, we are constrained, though. Mm, um, of course. You know, we, we can't go out and stand on the street corners. We can't invite everybody into our place. Mm. Uh, but we can invite some people. Mm. And I, I think Easter will be a good opportunity to invite the people that you can invite to your place, mm. Uh, mm. family, mm. Uh, parents, children, siblings, mm. uh, within, within the constraints that we have, mm. uh, share breakfast with them, mm. uh, watch the uh, watch the the program mm. um, and talk about it afterwards, mm. or share it. Mm. Uh, send it to people. Yeah, it is yeah. a link. Uh, it's one of the advantages of recording it. You don't mm. have to be there live to see it. Yeah. So I, I think there's some of the things that uh, that that we can do. Mm. But I think our aim is to be uh, God's comfort to people, mm. uh, God's compassion to people. Mm. Um, God's love to people in whatever way we can. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you have noticed, Dave, and you at home have noticed as well, uh, there is a lot of stress and anxiety in our community, yeah. um, particularly amongst, uh, well, ourselves, but also our wider community. And I think it actually really opens up a door to speak into people's lives. People are crying out for help. And as God's people, we can help them. Yeah. I know one of the things that Nikki has experienced is just being having opportunities to pray for people uh, who, aren't, who aren't Christian, but they're longing for something, someone to help. Yeah. And they're always willing for someone to pray for them. Yeah. And so part of what I'm hoping is that amongst... Uh, over this next six months, but particularly now at Easter, it's an opportunity for us to really reach out because God has actually given us that opportunity. People are much more likely, I reckon, to come to church this year than any other year because they can do it sitting in their couches at home completely anonymous. And so what better opportunity to invite them along to Easter, an Easter service, than this year? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So some great, great opportunities. Dave, thanks so much tonight for your insight and uh, into God's word and its application. Um, I'm going to pray for us now uh, after hearing God's word and a reflection on it. So please join me as I pray for us now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus is the one who is the son of David, uh, the one who is king, who comes to bring uh, God's presence to us and the forgiveness of sins uh, to everyone who calls on his name. Father, we pray that this Easter we might be lights in your world as we hold out the message of truth that Jesus Christ has died and risen to rescue us from sin and death. And we pray, Father, that in your grace you might draw many people to your uh, kingdom this Easter. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to lead us in prayer now. Uh, Will you bow your heads with me? Psalm 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. As we come before this God, let us pause and then confess our sins. Together. Heavenly Father, you have loved us with an everlasting love. But we have often gone our own way, 
and rejected your will for our lives. We are sorry for our sins and turn away from them. For the sake of your Son who died for us, forgive us, cleanse us and change us. By your Holy Spirit, enable us to live for you and to please you in every way. For the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. John says in his first letter, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is God's great promise for us, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the blood of Jesus, you have opened the way for us to enter into your presence. We thank you that you have forgiven us and cleansed us and given us a sure and certain hope for the future. But our Heavenly Father, we live in troubled times. And so we pray to you, the loving God of all the peoples of the earth, to look with mercy and compassion upon all you have created. We ask for your help that you would deliver us from the coronavirus and limit its impact on our nation and the world. In your mercy, we pray, be swift and bring it to a successful end. Please protect with your loving care those we love, our families, friends and neighbours. Let your fatherly hand guide, shelter and protect them and cast out all anxious fears and doubts. And give us all an increasing trust in you and fill our hearts and minds with your peace. Father, our hearts goes out to a struggling world and we pray for all those around the world who are struggling with COVID-19. We pray that you would protect and heal and comfort those who are sick and suffering and bring them to a speedy recovery. We pray that you would strengthen and guide the health professionals who are at the front line and protect them from this virus. Please provide for them all that they need, both in equipment and energy and uh, the power to do the things that they do. Give those who are searching for a vaccine every success in their endeavours. And we pray for our leaders. Give them wisdom and courage uh, as they confront and seek to manage this very difficult challenge. Please help us to support them in all that they do. And finally, we pray for all your people in the world. Help us to be your people, to show your compassion, to be your comfort and to hold out your hope to those around us who do not know you. And bring many into your kingdom, we pray, through this difficult time. And we ask these things in the powerful name of Jesus, the true King of your kingdom. Amen. Let's finish now with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, 
now and forever. Amen. And as if by magic, Dave, I'm back. You're back. I'm back. Hey, listen, can we have you back on the panel sometime? Uh, I'd love to. Yeah, it's been terrific having you with us this week. I want to thank you also for watching there at home. I'm really pleased to have your company again this week. I want to say a couple of things just by way of notices. If you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, then please do so. If you're watching on a computer, it's going to be on your bottom right of the screen. So please do subscribe and that way you can stay up to date with videos as they come out. Also, please do remember to be looking out for your neighbours. God has given us this opportunity to spend time with our neighbours in a new and different way to usual. So please do strike up a conversation with them and simply ask them, are you okay? Is everything all right? If you haven't done so already, please also remember to check out our kids' channel. Sci-Hood has got another video ready for us this week. Coming up on Good Friday, we're going to have a Holy Communion service um, and that'll be coming to you um, at 9.30 on Friday morning. And that's going to be followed on Easter Sunday with a treat for you. Our own Archbishop Glenn Davies is going to be bringing us an Easter message on Resurrection Sunday. So make sure you stay tuned for that on Easter Sunday. That's all we have time for this week. But would you go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.